The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed during this or any broadcast belong solely to our guests or our hosts. These broadcasts do not represent or reflect the views of their employers, sponsors, or affiliated organizations. Welcome to the Flipboard EDU podcast with your host, William Jeffrey, where we collaborate, communicate, and educate with the greatest educators in the world on Flipboard. Let's start the show. Welcome back, Flipboard fam. It's your favorite coast, Coach Jeffrey, and I have another amazing guest here tonight. I have my homeboy, Ivor Warren. Welcome to the show. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Glad to be here. Hey, man, tell our listening audience a little bit about yourself. I'm up at you when we go. The story. I'm from Florence, Alabama. That's where I started. I was born and raised. Then I journeyed on to Tennessee State, became a teacher. Then I went to Atlanta for a little bit and ended up in the great state of Texas, in Houston, Texas. And then when you got to Houston, Texas, what happened? Ooh, I seen how horrible a teacher I was. <laughs> I left Nashville thinking I was the man because I had 99% test score, all that stuff. But then I got to the fifth ward and I started out at Cashmere High School. <laughs> that was a whole reinvention. So a lot of our listeners don't know where Cashmere High School is or the demographics that's associated with that school. So that was your first school that you worked at when you got to Houston, correct? Gotcha. And so the demographics is Title I high school in a high poverty neighborhood. It is unfortunately traditionally known to, to not have students being successful in standardized exams. And there was a big push in that community to actually try to close that high school down. Were you there at that time? Uh, I think I got there right after the push, right at the end of the push, because I'm an alumni coming up. And, I was- and it was a storied high school, very vital in the black community in Houston, because it had a Grammy award winning band that produced like several hits in the 1970s. Jamie Foxx made a movie about that, that band director who worked at that high school. And so it used to be a very thriving community and because of poverty and different things and that school, like many other schools who who face high poverty issues, it changed. So you walk into that situation, you're a brand new teacher. How long have you been teaching before you got hired at NHISD? Probably like maybe two years, three years before I got hired into HISD. I went home for a bit to help mom out. Dad was sick and I had lost my job in 2008 due to the recession. So that's that, in that, that field time right there, I was teaching biology, free coaching track in Florence High School. And I finally got a job in, in Houston. I was traveling back and forth to Houston like two or three times a week, going to interviews and all kinds of stuff. Gotcha. So you get hired at Cashmere and then you said you realized you was a horrible teacher. So <laughs> what was it? What, why did, what made you decide that you were a horrible teacher at that time? None of the techniques worked out of Nashville. I, I always taught in at risk of Title One low economical status type schools, but you always find that thing that works for each school. And I thought it was a cookie cutter thing, and it wasn't. This was a different type of behavior that I encountered in in the Cashmere High School than what I was used to dealing with in, in Nashville, Tennessee, at some of the schools I worked there. Nothing worked. I had to throw the whole game plan out. It was nothing. So then you learn how to teach. So that's the good thing. You went to Cashmere and they showed you how to teach. So how did we meet each other? How did we get to to become friends? So let me let me jump back because if, if Mr. Frazier see this video, 
And, uh, and I don't give him his props. He's gonna have a problem. Give him his props. Give him his props. So, Mr. Frazier was a teacher. Like my first boss was Dr. Sam over at Marshall High School now. And I didn't want to lose, even though I was I was trying to get better in, in the teaching realm. I didn't want to lose. So I was doing lesson plans all day Saturday. One that in particular that I remember was I was doing this lesson plan and I don't know, I guess she had time that day. So I was sending it to her. And then she would mark it all over red and send it back, do it over. And then I sent it back to her. I was in the coffee shop for nine hours, like trying to get this right. I'm like, man, what is at that time? What is that? But she was trying to make me better. And so then fast forward, got that under control, lesson plan, learning how to do all of that stuff. And Mr. Frazier was assigned to my room. And he was like, man, you can't even sit down in here. I could teach you the way. He was like, almost like some Star Wars stuff. I could teach you the way. But how are you going to listen? Yeah. So I got my pen and paper out. And I was like, man, just show me. And we started step by step. Management, introduction to information, how to break content down. Like we went in the whole gamut. So he gave me my service level information and then my creativity. And uh, here we go. And so now we get to Mr. Jeffries, which I met in Lamar Consolidated. I got hired, right? I got hired and he was giving a, he was giving a presentation. And by that time, I once I get to do something, I move fast, right? I had high level success. I'd been teaching the young stuff, and I'm like, man, I'm taught the plateau. But, but you start talking about research. That's what it was. You kid, no reading level, two to three, two to three years with these specialized techniques, and so that immediately pinged me because I'm like, man, I know this can do, but how? And so from there, I was like, almost like a leech, but not like in a bad way. I was like, every time you move, I was like, hey, what we? How you do this? How you do that? And do we talk about the angels or not? We leave the angels alone? <laughs> hey, man, listen, I think we learned a lot from each other during that particular time. You turned me on to Dr. Miles Monroe, somebody who I didn't know anything about up until I met you. So I definitely appreciate that. And so a lot of times, let's just talk about position. And at the time you were a science teacher and I was a science coordinator. Right. I don't think position got in the way of us learning to mentor, being mentored by each other, correct? Am I wrong about that? No, it was a, uh, I've always respected position, but what comes with, what comes with, what comes with like I said, we're not going to listen to everybody. You came out the gate, you didn't have to tell me a position, I just knew you was on another level. And I knew I was not. And I knew that I had to get what you had in your brain, so I needed to be quiet. And so then at that point, there's some things that I was doing that I didn't even know I was doing, but you was putting the signs behind. You was like, you're doing this, but try this. So we never even talked about positions, really. You know what I'm saying? It was, it was phone call, out a phone call. Hey, can you come through, man? Come through the room. I'm trying something new. What do you think? Can you give me some feedback? And all that. It started off in a high-level mentor coaching state, and then it progressed from there. It did. And I got to tell you that a lot of where I am today, I owe something that to you because me and you have had like different talks about just different processes. And so one of the processes that me and you have had talks about was your book. And I remember when we were talking early in the morning, I was driving and so I used to drive an hour back and forth to work. And then I hit you and you said, hey, man, I think I'm getting ready to publish a micro book. And I don't that may not even been what you called it, but you was like, I'm going to write this book and write a series of books and I'm going to focus on classroom management. And I was like, oh, that's a great idea because I saw your classroom management and it was, it is, it has, I have not seen a teacher have classroom management like you have. Students were excited to come to your class. 
Students would break their neck coming to your class. I saw the videos when you first got hired of how you were running your classroom. Then I came in and saw your classroom, which I thought was even better than what was on the video. So let's talk about space. You wrote a book about classroom management, right? So space was a book about classroom management, but it also was a book of taking heady research, took heady research and also the business world and how they market and, and form environment within their I'll go ahead, I'm sorry. Oh, so, so within the book, Space, Specialized Plans Accelerate Classroom Effectiveness, it was a conglomeration of things that I know worked in the classroom that have been highly science-based. And a lot of teachers kept asking me, how do I do this? How do I do that? How do you get this kid to work and this kid won't work in my class? And all this stuff. So I said, I mean, let me let me put it all in a place where I can share with other teachers and make sure, you know, that I'm giving them all of me and giving them speed in the process by just doing the techniques in the workbook. One of the things I hear people love to say, man, you don't really know classroom management because they're going to listen to you because you're a big black man anyway. Has anybody ever said that to you? I get that all the time because my co-teacher, Coach Alex, he's another big black man. <laughs> but that's not going to be further from the truth if you've been in real address or Title I teaching. You don't have nothing to do with it. You can't control people. You can control environments, though. So I create and control an environment to control kids. And so when the environment of kids wanting to be a part of something good instead of something bad, then that that pretty much controls how that kid's actions is, how they act. Because when you go to the mall, you act a certain way. When you go to church, you act another way. When you go to a party, you act a way. So why not in the class? How do you create these thriving environments inside the classroom? And then you get to your systems and do all of that stuff. But that environment is the biggest piece. Let's talk about that because you just hit me in the head right there. You said you can't control people, you control environments. And I think that is one of the major keys that successful classroom management puts into play first. Those teachers who are successful at classroom management, it is the environment. So what does a thriving environment look like? So the easiest thing that I start with, I'm going to go backwards to to front. Just we talk talking environment right now. We don't create bad behavior. That's the first thing. Like bad behavior, you get the brunt of everything inside the classroom. Because because in our I mean in our culture, we used to praise and send and send out parties for people who actually committed crimes and all of that stuff. And we have t shirts made, we have all that stuff made. The good kids always get the tail end of the workload of a teacher because they're good kids. And that, that model has to flip. So we always trying to focus on how do we get these kids unmotivated? How do we get them to work? We losing on the back end because our good kids need to go higher or the kids that are supposed to be and we lose it. We just so in the classroom, it's like it's like when you join a gang. They don't want to join the gang because things look cool and they got these certain colors and all of that good stuff. They want to join the gang for camaraderie. They the environment of the gang is something they appeal to. That's why kids join these uh, negative groups. So inside the environment, when you got 98% of kids having fun and learning and, and thriving inside the classroom, and then you got two that's not, I don't even have to say nothing to the two because they're going to feel out of place. If, they, like, if it's 98 and your homeboys and your homeboys are working and getting the job done and just high five and they run around the classroom doing what they got to do, and you're not, you're going to want to be part of that instead of the other way around. Hey, man, so we never talked about what you teach. I said you was a science teacher. What do you teach? Oh, I teach biology. This year I got introduced to environmental science, AP, and then also AP biology. Okay. So you work currently, you work at a Title I high school still? I'm in Marshall High School, Fort Bend. Go Buffs. 
So you work at a Title One high school and you teach freshmen or sophomores biology. Uh, freshmen, because uh, most of my classes of biology are we freshmen. So anybody teaching freshmen post pandemic, you mean to tell me that you come in your classroom and you got these freshmen? Post-pandemic freshmen, let me just be very specific. A lot of people don't know what that is. Hey, let me tell you, if you ever was a freshman, uh, these freshmen are a new breed, okay? These post-pandemic freshmen, those are special. Those are a special group. So you get those kids to learn biology and give me one strategy that you employ first off, like just concrete. I come in, I see it right off when I step in your classroom. Simplicity. I'm especially when you walk in and do some new con, new subject content, a new unit, or anything like that. The simplicity is ultimate sophistication. That could come from Steve Jobs and how he created Apple and all this. Less is more. So I'm starting off with big words. Just an example. I don't start off DNA with adenine and all this stuff and all these big words is gonna run the kid out. They reading level already on the third, fourth grade as we speaking. So now here I come with these words they never heard before, and, and it scares the kid out. So what I got to do is be within the kind. I was respectfully disrespect their intelligence, and let me show you. Let me tell you why. I would say, hey, do everybody in here know the ABCs, right? And they look. You see the kid? They looking around. Everybody know their ABCs. Everybody. I don't care what your level is. Nothing. Everybody knows ABC. And so I said, I don't believe you. And then they start saying, you got a whole class saying ABC. They going A through Z all the way through, and they saying it with confidence. And they, I said, now, nah, man, like if y'all know this, all y'all got to do for this section is learn about five letters from the alphabet. So what I've done right there is I've taken the fear of learning away just like that. I've inserted, and I'm starting to take away the trauma of learning at the same time. So now that that's happened, okay, now this A go with the T. And then this C go with the G. I'm still not using big words. I'm still on they, I, I built confidence, so they ready to learn the next level, which is the next level with A, T, C, G, DNA. Boom. Then I say, let me write four of them up here. Now y'all run through it. Four, I don't say nitrogen is basis. I say, let me write four letters up here. Y'all got to draw a line between them and then match the other letter to go with them, what I just told. And y'all write, and y'all doing all the writing with me because I do something called a direct teach, all inclusion direct teach. So you don't just listen to me talk, you writing while I'm talking. Mm-hmm. Drawing what I'm drawing so I can keep that focus all the way through the seven minutes. A lot of teachers lose that way. Bro, now you said seven minutes. Seven minutes of what? Seven minutes of direct teach. So I'm not teaching no more than seven minutes. Sometimes I didn't cut it down now to four. Wow. <laughs> so you mean to tell me when you walk in your classroom and you got five, how many periods you teach a class? Seven, six. So you teach seven classes and you only teaching seven minutes in your class and kids. And I'm only teaching seven minutes. And then it's at the point now where I don't, Teach it all. I let virtual me teach. You just blew some people's brains right there. So we get into the virtual me, like I. They, but, they, uh, so what happens then? Now I got I built this confidence, right? They like got it like ATCG, and I do it, in the, and then I let them run with it for a little bit. I said, y'all make your own line. Now bind that, and then somebody else make the line for another person. And y'all like, but the confidence just going. Then fast forward. Now I'm like, okay, the A stands for adenine, right? The G stands for guanine, but they have the base level information. They need to know what matches what. I say, just take the first. I write the whole word on the board. Take the first letter of each word. And I tell them scientists are lazy. They got an acronym for everything. So take the first letter and I will box it. They'll box it and do all this stuff. And then for we are running. We are doing DNA, nucleotides and all kinds of stuff. Like, But that's how I build out each lesson. I build out each lesson as if I was talking to my five-year-old daughter trying to get her to learn the concept from this level all the way up to high school. So that, that's how I roll with it. I go elementary all the way back to college. 
Yes. Now you said virtual you. Now you trying to tell me you have a virtual yourself in your classroom. How do you doing that? Basically, I took the science from TikTok and uh, what do you call it? TikTok. Kids ain't really on Facebook, but TikTok and Instagram, Twitter, and the science that they have on how to engage a human being is where I took the length of the videos, right? So I built what they call a learning management system for every teach that I teach. Because you don't, like a lot of people want problems to stop. I tell the people, don't worry about the problem, just build your skills to solve the problems that come. So mm-hmm. in Title I schools, right? In Title I schools, you have high, they, high transit kids. They get kicked out of this school and then now they're coming over here to this school. And then they're going to kick, they might get kicked out of this school or get whatever this case may be, they might miss a lot of days because they have to work, whatever the case, right? Mm-hmm. So I say, how do I solve this problem of a high transit student? One, I got to teach them biology whenever they come in to pass the test. Two, I got this kid that cannot stay out of trouble. Three, I got this kid that has family issues and they just cannot be here. So mm-hmm. I said, let me shoot micro video, one to, one to two minutes each video, and it's a compound effect. So DNA might take seven videos to teach on the surface level all the way through, right? And teach those micro videos, put them in what they call a set. And the kid got to transition from one to two to three to four to five on their own, which is self-paced learning, which is what a lot of education is going to at that point as well. And it's a one-on-one situation with the kid. And they have headphones on, so they got to listen first, write everything I write second, and then lead a main idea up under the video third. So now they get all forms of learning. And now the learning is not on me, the learning is on them, but they have a one-on-one situation with me. That's why I like to call it private school because I got I get private school numbers, actually better better than private school numbers. We're building this LMS system out for every teak, every unit, everything for the whole duration of the year. So now what did that do for me as a teacher? So now, like I told you, I don't even do the four minute, five minute teaching so much anymore because when they come in, I do the engage or whatever. And then I say, hey, let's go to buff LMS. Let's get this surface level information in you. Just get these notes down and flow. Then I come back and do they teach because now I can teach at a higher level because they understand I just flipped the classroom inside the classroom. So now they understand what I'm saying when I start these words off at a high level because they've been in a one-to-one situation and I done took off cell phones. Hey, I think this might be a new title, flipping the classroom inside the classroom. That's some, I don't know if anybody is breaking it down like that. So you got your book spaces and what does space stand for again? Specialize plans, accelerate classroom effectiveness. Okay. And you have some other accolades that's going to or towards your name. Teacher of the Year, the book just got picked up by U of H and they and they curriculum. And it's one one of the classes in their curriculum, but then most of the accolades. We got got rid of formed a company with uh, another lady named Jay Johnson with Expand EDU, which is gonna focus on Title One schools and try to bridge that gap of what's missing in the college educational system to get teachers prepared for the classroom. Now I was doing a guest lecture for U of H and I could see that the what they was missing. And what they're missing is space because you get pedagogy in college, but then you get the real world over here. And you're gonna go in with a system on how to make this how to be a rock star teacher with having your systems in place. A lot of teachers just lose because they missing systems. Hey, that's deep. That's deep. So you've always worked in the pre-service teacher academy. You worked also with, what was the other program he's working with, like maybe two summers ago? Oh, TQTQRP, Teacher Quality and Retention Together with Marshall Program, yeah. which was a beautiful program. They brought heavy hitter teachers from all over the U.S., and then they brought in all HBCU students from all over the U.S., and we had these micro shops, 
And every teacher that comes out of, out of that type of training, man, they like when I look on Facebook, they always now they got a master's, now they got a principal job, now they teach it a year, now they there's always something. And then and I like to think I played a small part in the development of all these great teachers across the U.S. Right with the yeah. within this program. And then yeah. actually, remember we we had you come on live in the big room talk about some things like that. so that they love that when you came on and you dropped some gems on i was only there with you player you know what i'm talking about so that's how i was able to get that opportunity man we have a lot of information where can our listening audience find you at they can find me on social media instagram space teaching at space teaching and then the website is www.spaceteaching.com so those yeah. are the main two platforms that i have right now yes Yes, sir. Ivor Warren. And Ivor, also, too, just if you can give a shout out to just any one of your colleagues, who would you want to shout out right now? You talking about at the big MHS? Man, that's hard. That's hard, man, because my administrative staff, I like it, it's something when you can go into school and know that you can make a mistake and you don't get penalized for it. Each one of my administrative staff brings some extra to, to the way I teach. Dr. Sanders, I know exactly how she works and needs things done. And she always has an intuitive, if that's a word, I don't know if I said that word right, about what to do next if I get stuck. And then I got Miss Lyons Irvin, and she keeps my political game straight. She's not, I don't put that in the to do this. And then Ms. Cheryl, Ms. Cheryl Johnson, that's my direct appraiser. She set me a whole new set of goals because she recognized not being, what do you call it, full of myself, but she recognized I need a new set of goals because the ones that we are, that she has to guide me by, we already hitting them. But she went and gave me new sets. Jay Johnson, man, great. Then Calhoun, man, just talk about the calmness and how he presents himself through the admin level. And then just all my coworkers, Coach Alex, been a, we can plan, me and him can plan so fast because he'll look at me and then I recognize his talents. His talents is ad living, right? So yeah. I'll be teaching. But I be thinking I break it down some. But then he come from a special education background. He got a whole no. He might say cars in the garage or apples and trees. And I'm like, what is, you know what I'm saying? But he talking about the same thing I'm talking about. And the kids like, oh, I got it now. So his ad little game is crazy. But you man, just Miss Walker, man, just everybody, just I don't have nothing bad to say about nobody. Just to, and you know my role, some of the things I've had to do and protect myself and all of that stuff. Hey, <laughs> hey, when you are a trailblazer, sometimes that trail that you blaze and nobody out there with you, you got to stick your head out. So I'm just so proud of you. Hey, just seeing your growth and you just always a motivating factor. Love talking to you, man, because you're always doing something worthwhile. Thank you for coming on the show. And uh, hey, I wish you the best. I mean, likewise, we're going to stay in touch and keep these good ideas going because y'all know I call him trying to up, up one him. And every time I think I got him, he like, oh, but you think about this? I'm like, I'm never, I'm never gonna, I'm never gonna beat him. Nah, that's not true. You already beat me. Hey, and then also too, we said we was gonna before I let you go. We had said that we were going to do a podcast, and it just came to my brain. So I'm wondering, what I want to do is I want to get your ideas on maybe doing a live session where we go through classroom management and we take calls from teachers and we broadcast it and we see what kind of problems can we help teachers solve on brainstorm live on air. I am totally game. You ain't even got to ask me. They just tell me where I need to be. Yeah, I think we need to go ahead and probably shoot that up for uh, this little break we got coming up. We definitely can do that because that allows them to get some new ideas on where they may have went wrong in classroom management to where they can have a successful spring semester. 
because what I would like to talk to them about is what I would like to talk to them about is the onboarding process. Like a lot of teachers don't even have an onboarding process, and that's found in space. That come from again. Alpha. Hey man, we got it. We'll get together. All right. Hey, thanks for yeah. having you. Thanks for coming on my show, man. Oh man, I appreciate it. Appreciate it. Definitely. In 2023, the education landscape will have unprecedented innovation and creativity. With original ideas flourishing everywhere, educators can look forward to being engaged in more meaningful ways than ever before. Thanks to authentic approaches that provide just the right dose of individuality and imagination. At the same time, ethical considerations will become increasingly more important. So you have my word that I will stay fresh, original, and authentic. So like we always do about this time, let's collaborate, communicate, and educate with the best educators in the world right here on Flipboard EDU Podcast. Thanks for sticking with me on this episode. I want to thank Ivor Warren for speaking with us about classroom management and his ideas from his book, Space, Specialized Plans to Accelerate Classroom Effectiveness, which is available on Amazon. And I advise you to go ahead and purchase that book. That's really great for learning about classroom management. I also want to give a special shout out to Crystal Vanderboom and Aileen Laylor for their edits on the Flipboard Educators blog. And speaking of shout outs, I got a shout out to all the teachers, principals, and office staff who are rejuvenating their spirits for the upcoming school year. Don't forget to subscribe to our Flipboard EDU podcast magazine on Flipboard and the Flipboard podcast, The Art of Curation by Mia Cradulo. Our podcast is available globally and everywhere you listen to podcasts. So please share our podcast with an educator or colleague. So until next time, family, every story has a plus. Mm-hmm.